2023, the off-season's gone. We've read enough in that chat. Thank God the footy's back on. The P4SS boys are back. For all your NRL super coach chat, we're playing for Sheep Stations. Statman Davo is here. Funny man trainer's back again. There's Gutsy and his chin list. And Mark's in the run on side this year. We're playing for Sheep Stations. The lurking tab lady from way out west is sure gonna put our patience to the test. We welcome back our friends of the show, Dane Shooter and Brownie. Okay, let's go. We're playing for Sheep Stations. We're playing for Sheep Stations. Welcome to the Playing for Sheep Stations podcast. As you can hear, we are minus Dan, our main man. So you'll have to bear with me and hear my voice a little bit more today as I lead the boys around the park. Uh, trainer, we'll get straight into how you went last week because I know that you'll have a smile on your face. Uh, yeah, look, a slight smile on my face. Definitely happier than the last few weeks. Uh, 1,089. So cracks the four digits up to 40,881st overall. What what a star. Uh, up 12,500 spots. Um, some good stuff, some bad stuff, but most importantly, the Broncos won on Saturday night. So, Jeez, you were nervous for 70 minutes, though. I was very nervous and very angry for the vast majority of the game, but we won. So, And you got to go to Dream, Dream World, so that was a plus. Uh, yeah, that's Gard- pretty good. Guardsy, how'd you go this week? Better than the usual, at least. I also cracked a thousand and six. I got a thousand and sixty-nine. Sees me mm, good number, Gadzi. It's a great, <laughs> great number. Sees me with a great new ranking of fifty-eight thousand eight hundred eighty-seven. But uh, it could have been a disaster week, and again, I almost looped Tobo, which wouldn't have helped me. I ended up uh, after a few beers deciding that Harry Grant was my man, and I got lucky. So thanks, Harry. Yeah, bloody oath, Harry Grant was the man this week for those that were lucky enough to captain him. Um, I wasn't one of them. I stuck firm with Teddy and rode him hard. He was hard ridden down a very long straight for most of that game. I watched that game with Trainer and they did get a giggle out of uh, me hitting him very whipping. I was whipping. If I was a jockey, I'd be suspended for 12, 12 years because I whipped him for well outside the two 200 metres. Uh, unfortunately, I scored 989, so I didn't crack the 1,000, and I went down significantly from about 15,000th last week to 33,111 this week. So I don't have many positives. The only positive, I looked at my team, and I actually think my team is still okay, just some unlucky or some shit decisions on who I'm captaining and who I'm reserving. So can't help Cam Pereira scoring a couple of tries and Warbrick being a spud. Who would have picked that? But I think that was a pretty popular move. I kind of read into the doomsday about Adam Dewey not playing. So I started with Katoa thinking he'd do well against the Knights. He didn't do that. And then I chose Dewey over Wilton on the Sunday. And again, bad decision. So some ordinary decisions all around. Mark, how did you go? Uh, as Dan says every week, this is not a visual medium, but if it was, you'd see me eating a big plate of humble pie after bagging trainer and guardsy last week for not cracking a 1,000. Uh, 996 is what I scored, uh, down a tick over 14,000 places to 21,411th overall. Um, my thoughts on Supercoach uh, are guardsies from last week. Let's just leave it at that. Yeah, I've been under strict instructions for Dan not to let us swear too much this week. He wants to take the explicit rating off the beginning. So, so far, so good. Um, this week, we're going to look at the team lists a little bit quicker than last time. We're just going to have a quick chat about some games. Uh, the first game being Para versus Panthers. Parramatta, lucky enough to strike another team off the bye. Mm, yep, the mighty Parramatta seal. So uh, only a couple of little changes here. Maddo is into the back row to start with Dory dropping to the bench. Uh, no thanks to the Cumberland throw who banged on about how Dory was going to be in the back row starting and staying there and Maddo was going to play middle. So cheers for that. Uh, and then hands onto the bench. I don't know too much about him. Um, and yeah, Riffer just one to 17. That's good news for people that have taken the pun on Cartwright, I think. But Sean Lane will be back in a couple of weeks. So you'd take the cash rises for the next little bit and then move on. 
yeah, right. supposedly. Yeah, so next game, Storm versus the Tigers. Yes. the Obviously, the big one, Mad Dog Munster's back in the team. and But uh, we're still waiting to see if Hughes is able to play or not. He's got judiciary tonight, I believe. So Little to no but, chance, I'd say. Yeah, we'll wait and see what happens there. But if not, I think Pezzett proved last week that he's more than capable backup. So, yeah, he's... But with Munster back, I think they'll be a lot better. And then, obviously, the Tigers side of things, it's the same as usual, except Dewey at fullback, which could be good news for some, but some people might be a bit scared by it and might trade him. So I think it'll be an interesting game. We'll talk about the Dewey situation a bit later on. I think we've got a couple of questions, and uh, he might come up in the in the latest uh, new segment for the podcast. Uh, third game, Dolphins versus the Broncos. So our Broncos uh, meet the Finns. Um, not a lot to read home about in that game or changes. I just think the couple of players to look out for is Reese Walsh, obviously playing his third game, and Payne Haas. I think that's also going to be talked about a bit later on about front row forward keepers and things like that and when to do it, and we'll have a bit more of a deep dive. But out of that game, the only other person that could potentially be super coach relevant is Adam Reynolds for a short-term play. With the Broncos run, he's never talked about, but I just think he's a player that's doing pretty well at the moment. So who knows? But the Dolphins, I don't know. Not much to talk about there. I don't think if you own some of those cheapies, ride them out till they are ready to cash out. Uh, the next game, the Cowboys versus the Titans. Well, the big news in this game is that Cotter is out. Um, so that is a lot of minutes to make up there, Tamiya's on the bench and he's not going to get those minutes. So whether they're spread out amongst the other, the middles, um, the other one uh, that I noticed is Lukey is back on the bench. I know he played last week and it didn't really impact Cohen Hess's minutes. He still got um, 68 minutes, which was bang on his average for the year, but he's had little to no super coach impact really. Cohen Hess, has he? There was talk at the start of the year that into the back row, he'd be more relevant than I think he is. And the Titans, 1-17, to same team. But interestingly, Holbrook's rotations last week, taking both four and, and Fafita off for big chunks of that game, about 20 minutes plus each they spent on the bench. So it'll be interesting to see that rotation. Yeah, Kieran Foran was really happy about being benched, wasn't he? He was pretty, <laughs> pretty keen to come off. Reuben Cotter only played uh, 43 minutes last week, so there's not that many more minutes. He's been playing lower minutes. I did have a look at that. And he's got a knee injury that they haven't put a time frame on. So he's a sell, I reckon, if you if you own Cotter, if you took the pun on him early in the year. The gap between yeah, him just, and Haas is about 90 grand now. Yeah, with, with those minutes to go around to the middle, I think, there's a good chance that Hess will come off that edge and start playing some minutes for the middle, potentially with Lukey building back into getting that starting role. That's just a bit of a thought. I'm not sure if that happened last week or not. I don't know if Hess was on the edge all the time. I didn't. I don't know if I even saw that game, but but yeah, just something to maybe ponder if you are a Hess owner. Base, I, I, base could improve a little bit. I think Hess hasn't lost or made much money. I think it's about ten. Nah, he's sitting yeah sitting pretty steady, and his break even is about forty or something. So. I, I just think Cotter hasn't been the hyped player that we thought he was going to be at the start of the year. So he's someone that I'd be certain if if I owned him, um, even though you don't want to trade too much in the front row, I think his chance, even though he won't lose money this week, coming back from a knee injury now that they've said that that's what it is, I think there's better options. It's not really sideways because I just think there's better options there. But all right, moving on to the South versus Manly game. Uh, that's back to me, isn't it? Yes. So. Host starting in the second row with the cheapy Cheekham relegated to the bench. Um, Shaq Mitchell has been given the flick. Uh, Totola is out again. And I think uh, Harmo Sele is still in La La Land. He's got the 11 day uh, mandatory thing and Manly are 1 to 17. Yeah, so the, I don't know. Is, is Tedesco a good captaincy option? We'll probably talk about that later, but he looks pretty solid, doesn't he? And Ruben Garrick's the only other guy for Manly that. I think I really like. Everyone's talking about Ola Kawatu. I think he scored 60 on the weekend, so I don't know. With two With tries. Two tries. Oh, Yuck. <laughs> yeah, so not really not really killing it, but everyone's going on about it. So uh, Warriors versus Dogs. Yes. Uh, obviously, Charles Nickel Klockstad's back at the fullback, which is probably good for some owners. And 
Apart from that, obviously, Wade Egan out for the week, but he's still a hold. He's still got some money to be made after he scored another try. So I think Wade is the second best scoring hooker at the moment, which is yeah. crazy. Got to keep hold of him until the break even gets a bit bigger. And then on the dog side of things, same lineup. Preston, he, he looks like a good one. So I think anyone that owns Preston, he's almost a guy that you play as one of your reserves every week now because he looks like he's got that spot for 80 almost. So good times. Yeah, I think the people that went Wade Egan over um, Reed Marnie probably made the right decision last week. So, and if well, you brought if you brought Karaz in last week, well yes. done. Yeah. So, um, the next game, Knights versus Raiders. I think I've written. I can't even read my own writing. Uh, the only thing that I've got written down there is Marzu in, but I don't think he's a buy without Ponga next like on that side of the field. So. Oh, Dom Young Soup's been... Uh, yeah, well, depending on what side of the field he plays too. If he plays right wing, mm. Ponga players pretty much down the left most of the time uh, too. So. Hunt, is Hunt still... Hunt's the left. Or, or, yeah, I don't know Like if that's what's going to happen, but yeah. Yeah, right. So where did Marju... Marju played left at the Titans, though, didn't he? Yeah. So maybe Hunt's probably more versatile than the big big unit. So the only other interesting point, Denny Levi out. I thought Starling might get bigger minutes, but I was Zachy Wolford straight back in to the starting side. So Starling, who's been going pretty well, I don't know, might see a limited minutes. And I hope they found Danny Levi's teeth that they were looking for at halftime. That was an interesting uh, emu bob down the field looking for Danny Levi's teeth. So, yeah. And that brings us to the last game. And it's a game where I'm excited. Um, one of our favourite players may or may not have been named. Dragons versus Sharks. Tyrell Sloan, I assume you're talking about. It's Garty's favourite. No, I think everyone knows we're talking about Nico Hines there, named for the Sharks, which pushes Trindle back onto the bench. A big in for the Sharks there. Um, I mean, there'll be plenty of talking later on about um, bringing Nico in and who you get rid of to bring him in and the round six by coming up, all those things to take into consideration. On the Dragons side, I mentioned Sloan. Um, he's one of those fullbacks available available at centre wing, minus 41 break even. Again, not a lot of base, but he has been scoring tries, like Wade Egan, scoring tries. So he's probably got a few um, price rises in him if you're looking for a cheapie there, but it's probably not me. All right, so now we're going to introduce um, a new segment, Talking Points with Trainer. So on Monday, Trainer was coming back from Brisbane. He was asking more questions than Dominic in the group chat, and uh, he had the wise crack that it wasn't a question, it was just talking points. So here you are, on the spot, with the four key talking points that you are were thinking about on Monday. All right, well, obviously, I regret everything. I've never sent a group chat message with anything serious ever again, because this is a great day to stitch up, but... Here we go. Uh, so my first point, which I don't know how good of a point this is going to be now that I've thought about it, uh, Teddy versus Walsh versus Luttrell. Uh, how, how are we going to do this? Do you want me to give what I think about this or do, am I asking you guys what's happening? No, you can talk first and then we'll we'll All right. in. Okay. So obviously Teddy's got a huge break even on the buy. has been mm, going okay, but not setting the world alight. Reese Walsh, huge risk factor. Was on about ten points at halftime against the Dragons. He was on but zero. But has an absolute half-time. cream. Okay, even worse. <laughs> right, but has an absolute cream draw and huge negative break even. Get to make some cash. Then we've got Latrell, who seems to do absolutely nothing, and scored almost seventy last week or something. Uh, worth a lot of coin. Draw is so-so from memory. So that was sort of the bit of a conundrum that I had. So I'll talk to that. Reese Walsh, minus 32 break-even. Scores of 105 and 95. He was on zero at halftime and about 14 with 11 minutes to go uh, on the weekend and managed to get up to 95. So all attacking stats. Will they keep coming? Here's his draw. He's got the Finns, the Tigers, the Raiders, the Titans and the Eels the next five games. Absolute juicy matchups for a guy that require for for that really needs tries and setting up tries. I think he's going to do that a lot. A little niggle to A Ray, and he probably gets the goals. So that would be 
even more sensational. He's probably the second goal kicker at the club. I think he'd be ahead of Katoni. Would everyone agree with that? Absolutely. Yeah. You've got so, Herbie ahead of Katoni as well, surely. Yeah. So you look at that and you think, imagine if something happens and he gets the goal kicking as well and he gets all those attacking points and then the Broncos have been attacking pretty well. So add another 16 to 20, 16 points, 20 points maybe in goal kicks a game. He's turned into an elite elite fullback if you can handle the wild ride. And I think with where I'm positioned at this point already in the season, I'm probably happy to take the punt on someone like Reese Walsh. Latrell, 123 break even. He's lost a bit of cash last week. Uh, scores of 73, 62 and 66. And you're right, he hasn't looked like he's been incredibly involved. I think he's had a couple of tries assists really early. And then his points have just accumulated pretty slowly. He could lose more cash over the next couple of weeks. He plays Manly, the Storm, the Dogs, the Finns and Penrith. So three tough games to what I'd consider not too tough games. So Latrell would probably be second, I think, in that order. Um, Teddy on the bye this week, 115 break even, 51, 55 and 60. Plays Para, Storm, Sharks, Dragons and Warriors. So Para's not too tough a game for someone like Teddy because fullbacks have been scoring pretty well. Think of... Kennedy against them from the Sharks. So Storm and Sharks, oh, hopefully the normal Storm come back and we can actually say that they don't let in points like they have been against the Dogs and the Titans. Um, so if you look at that, if you, if you go down that Teddy versus Walsh versus Trell line, you'd have to say Walsh for matchups over the next five weeks is definitely the play with the money that he could make. And then if you want to bridge to someone like Teddy or Latrell, but then considering they'll probably play Origin as well, I don't know if Walsh will get a spot on the Origin list. He might be one or two injuries away from that. So, yeah, I've hijacked that one a little bit, but um, I did do some research around that one because I thought it was a pretty good point. And fullback is the second fullback outside of Turbo is the one you want to get right, I think, to be making money and scoring points over the next few weeks. Any other thoughts? Crickets. Yeah, yeah, I pretty much just thought exactly the same stuff as you and came to the same conclusion. Got to go Walsh. You got to risk it for the biscuit in the matchup. If he goes, has a couple of stinkers, he probably doesn't have the upside that Teddy and Latrell have because he doesn't have that base. No, um, it's not a but, safe move. But yeah, he's going to make a coin. And if he has a couple, a couple of stinkers and he's going to, you know, go up and then lose coin again, just see you later, bud. He does seem to be the attacking spark in the Broncos team though. So I think as long as we're scoring tries, he's going to either be setting yeah. them up or scoring them. I also yeah, think pushing up the support and scoring too. If you're smart, if you can save some trades in that two RF and front row forward position and even the hooker position, it gives you a lot of flexibility to trade players in and out on matchups in those key attacking positions like fullback and center wing. Once we sort of get a read for what it's going to look like. And I think going on Walsh is probably like it's an, an attacking move. But if you look across, when you have good super coach seasons, you make those attacking moves. I think last year it was um, like Garza, you attacked with Ronaldo before anyone else did. Um, if you went Latrell, even when he had the hard matchup last year, you did well. Like you take those risks. And I think everything points to Walsh being a good risk. What's your yep. second talking point, trainer? Uh, second talking point. Uh, fluffing around the Wade Egan situation having Tanner Boyd that flexibility of moving people around the hooker position um, thinking about who the number two hooker is going to be for 2023 pretty clearly Harry Grant's number one there's no if ands or buts about that um, but yeah who's who's number two going to be there seems to be Harry and then fair bit of fresh air I think it will end up being Reese Robson he probably didn't score that well against the Broncos. I think he mid forties against the Broncos, but he's been up around that point per minute in the other two games. He's pretty consistent plays the 80, even with Granville there on the bench. I think he's played 80 in all three games. That's right. Isn't it? I'm pretty sure he has. Yeah. I, I think come the end of the season, he'll, he'll be the number two hooker in point scored. Yeah, his last couple of games, 74, 45, 85. The, top, the Cowboys haven't looked fantastic to start the year. They've looked a bit slow, but he's looked their best play. He has played 80. Um, pretty good draw coming up. Look, 
the Cowboys from the get-go, and it's why a lot of people went Val, um, have the best draw in the comp, and it doesn't get any harder for them with the Titans, Dogs, Finns, Warriors, and Knights the next five games, and they don't have their first bite all round 15. So if you don't think he's going to play Origin, which I'd be surprised if he was in above Cookie and Appy uh, this year anyway, like that gets you right through to round 15 if you want to move. He'd be a guy that I think I want to get in over the next couple of weeks um, to partner with Harry Grant if we consider that we don't think 5'8 is a super huge urgent point of call. We can probably make that locked and loaded decision to have Robson in there in, in our hooking stocks and maybe keep him and Harry. You don't have to buy, like trade Harry out over the buy then if Robson covers most of those important things or only make one more trade or trades with injury. So, Garza, you got any thoughts around Reese Robson? I know you don't mind him as a player. Yeah, I, I was going to say the same thing. I think he's the number two guy this year. I think he's going to overtake Cookie. He's always... Attacking stats always better than most as well. So I think once the Cowboys get going, I think he's going to score better as well because they haven't got going yet, the forward back. So I think the next couple of weeks he might start to go big. I would have been, I would have enjoyed it more if Egan had played this week because I think it would have been easier to go to him possibly next week. But you've got to hold off a week and you might have to pay a little bit extra to get Robson. But I agree. I think he's your number two. Get him in as soon as possible. Yeah, he's still got a break even of 75 this week. So he lost 900 bucks last week. So he'll probably stick around that same price tag. He's not going to go up ridiculously because he's probably not a guy that's going to score well into the hundreds, but he's a guy that probably averages, I don't know, 70, 70 something probably for the season, maybe high 60s, which would be enough, I think, to get him into that second hooking position. Trainer, this is on fire. So two good talking points. This oh, is a segment. <laughs> this is a segment that's going to last the, the length of the season now. I think so. <laughs> Please don't say that. Talking point number three. Can you believe it? Uh, number three. Front row keeper options, and when is the time to move on them? So obviously, at the moment, at this point in the season, um, and right from the get go, we've said a bunch of times about how front rowers aren't going to hurt you too much. They don't have the huge upside. You can have your, your 40, 50 point score in front rower and the guns are only getting, you know, 60, 70s. It's, it's not killing you. You can get that, that 50 point front rower nice and cheap. Stefano's doing a great job there at 300K. Welsh uh, was doing a pretty good job at 400K, but yeah. on the weekend. Yeah. Uh, like Hess has not been as good as I wanted him to do, but he's plodding along. He got 40 odd in the weekend. Like it's not the worst. You knew what you uh, were getting. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. And, I'm not not too stressed, but looking at um these front row keepers, I guess we know they're going to be probably Haas, probably Tarpanay, probably Tohu, right? They're probably your big three, but it's about when when do we think is the time to bring those bad boys in? Anyone got any thoughts before I get into this? Because I love these kind of segments because it gives me a chance to do a bit of research and uh, actually look at a few numbers. I, I was looking at. I, I was looking at the front row today. I think out of those guys, I think the one that I would be most confident to get in probably very soon, possibly even next week, is Tohu because he's playing eighty. I think any time a front rower is playing eighty for Supercoach, he's not going to score you a really bad score. So he's probably a guy I might look at in the next week or two to try and get in, and he'll probably be my first big gun front row I get in, but. It's hard to not look at a guy like Payne, who he did rely on two attacking stats late in that game last week to get his. But he has that in him. But yeah, he's got that in him compared to Tohu, who's just a base guy. I think Tarpana, he hasn't got going yet. So I think thankfully he's a a guy you can wait because he might still lose a little bit of cash. So getting some match fitness around him, Sticky still playing silly buggers. I think I think Tohu's the number one right now that you could look at and be feel confident in a guy that's going to be consistent enough to get you over 60 each week. I wouldn't be jumping off Christian Welch right now. I mean, you look at the game last week, he only played 33 minutes. That's half, pretty much half what he averaged the first two weeks. I don't know what the reason for it was. Maybe He wasn't very good. Maybe 45 <laughs> degrees on the Gold Coast. I don't know. But um, if he gets his minutes back up to that sort of 60 to 65 minute mark, he's... 
usually pretty solid. So I don't think you probably need to move him on just yet. But yeah, yeah. I mean, we raise all those usual sp- suspects. Um, Tarpanay, Haas. Um, Tarpanay obviously doesn't play Origin. Haas will play Origin. Um, does that colour your thinking about, you know, potentially getting him in before then if you don't want to be carrying him on the bench over the Origin period? Do you want to use those trades during that period on a front rower? Um, all those sorts of questions are around that front row position because, as you say, they're not going to come out like a turbo and score 150. Um, that's my thoughts on that front row position. So, Trainer, what do you got on that one? Uh, well, when I, when I sort of thought about it, it's really just they're, they're not the priority. It's just about you can fit them in when you can fit them in and it's going to be very break-even based. So Tohu at the moment seems to be going up in cash. So there is that sense of perhaps urgency around him where you want to grab him before he gets more expensive. Um, whereas Tarpanay, for example, is coming down. There's no real rush to get him. Wait till he bottoms out and sort of try and do a bit of bit of planning around that. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm also just sitting waiting for Cohen Hess to get a friggin' attacking stat so I can make a dollar off him and then trade him. So yeah, that's, I've, that's sort of what I'm thinking. I've got a few thoughts around this and I've sort of even plugged in when I think I'm going to try and buy these players. Um, Tarpanay has lost a few bucks. Um, he's got scores of 57, 64, and 63. So ultra consistent. As his minutes go up, I think so too, Willie's points. He's got a buy in round eight. I think he is a buy in round nine because then he's got a pretty good draw coming up out of that. Doesn't play Origin. So I think he only misses one game over there. I think he plays 13, 14, 15, misses 16, plays the other game. So to only have to get 13 players and be able to have him pretty much in most of those important big rounds, big buy rounds, seems good to me. Um, I've got Tohu Harris. Um, uh, he's, he scored 88, 72 and 60. He's got a buy in round. No, I've got him as a buy sort of just before origin. I think I'm going to wait on Harris. I'm a bit different to you, Guardsy. And I think the bloke that you have to move on is Payne Haas. And I think with his draw, I think we went through it with Reese Walsh. Um, Dolphins, Tigers, Raiders, Gold Coast, Para, Souths, who maybe have their middles back, but I still don't think the middle is where their strength lies necessarily, uh, especially when Ken Murray goes off. So if they can coordinate when Haas is on the field, um, I think he looks like the one that you need to go on. He's already made 30K, so he's up to 693. So he's on the trajectory on the way up, break even of 53. I'd say... I've got other issues to do this week, but I want to buy him in the next two weeks, Payne Haas. So in order of when I want to buy these people, plus I want Haas before Origin. I probably don't want to go near Haas too much after Origin. So I want Haas in those lead-up games to Origin. Then my next target is Tarpanay in round nine and then Harris just before Origin. So that's my thoughts around the front row forward. All right. Yeah, cool. It seems like we had some pretty good info there, hopefully. Uh, and then the last one, which I think will probably be the shortest one to talk about, unless Dave O.C. has got a few odds and ends to talk about this, but uh, is Dewey to Schuster this week complete madness? So this is sort of when the first, the idea first rattled around in my head. Uh, and then once I've looked into it a little bit more in terms of Dewey's draw um, and that sort of thing, and he's probably not going to be a top two five eight. It's come to my, you know, I've come to the conclusion that it's probably not complete madness. Um yeah, what do you, Davo? Did you just want to give your other other side of the coin chat, and then we're probably done. I'm with you. I don't think it's madness either. So, right. if there's anyone that thinks it's not a good move, they could probably talk. Yeah, I'm indifferent on it now. The more we've been talking about it, the more I'm uh, sort of we're swaying him. Yeah, here's, here's my take on it. Dewey's got a break even of 101. We know he doesn't play. His best position for Supercoach is most certainly 5'8". He's carrying a bit of an injury. The Tigers look a shambles. I've looked at how Dane Laurie and, I mean, it's it pains me to even put Charlie Staines in the same conversation, but how they played at fullback, I don't know how they're going to get him into the game. In his, He's not elusive and quick. He's just big and strong. He's got a good passing game, but what does that look like? Does he just pass a lot before the line? 
he's not passing to great cattle. So are they going to be able to make any kind of inroads against Melbourne, the Broncos, Para, Manly and Penrith over the next five weeks if they stick with this fullback madness? So with a break-even of 101, extra trades, as I said, that you might break be able even's to... Break-even's going to go up to because that 99 or whatever is going to fall out. Yeah, so it's, it's going to be high for a, a number of weeks. I think you can... If you're not moving him on this week and he doesn't do incredibly well, you've got to move him on next week. I look at that and I think the moves that I can make if I move him this week to someone like Schuster and the cash I generate, it kind of allows me to strengthen my team in positions where I think I'm going to get blokes that are almost certain to score better than him. So if you if you look at it from that point of view, I look at Schuster, he's got Souths, Newcastle, Panthers, Melbourne and the Tigers. It's not a great draw, but it's probably a draw. Um, look, he won't look at any of the defenders anyway through the whole game, so... He won't know what colour jerseys they've got on, so he doesn't know who he's playing against. He just throws no-look passes. So if a couple of them stick, he's going to score 50, and that's probably enough for me in that 5-8 position. Do you reckon there's also the issue that if Dewey doesn't perform a fullback, he gets moved to centre where he might see even less ball as well in the next two weeks? 100%. Dane Laurie's not even playing this week, I don't think so. Dane Laurie is 14, isn't he? Is he? So that concerns me as well, that they've they've almost got someone on the bench a bit like yeah. Wakem with insurance, and who knows who he brings off this week. He brought no Faluma off last week. Like so your reputation and name mean yeah. nothing to someone Ka- like Tim Yeah, Capola could get the flick at any second. He's he's enough. And then Dewey moves to centre and does nothing all day. Or or you Tim know. Sheens is just as likely to bloody take Dewey off and say have a rest. Yeah, bingo. So I don't know, I just too there's many. A few, there's a lot of questions now around him. There's a few coaches that have intrigued me last week. Brad Arthur's one with how he used Hopgood. Um, bloody, what's his Holbrook up at the Titans with how he used Foran and Fafita? Tim Sheen. I think Tim Sheen's has probably breed. got dementia and thinks he's still coaching Ricky Stewart and Laurie Daly. I don't know. Like, it, it's it's a bloody mystery. I think with how they're going to use Dewey at fullback and how they're going to get him into the game. They look like, well, some of them haven't trained with each other. Wakeham only came three weeks ago. Johnny Bateman's been on a holiday. Mate, he is wider than Matt Trainer. His legs, I nearly had to put my sunglasses on. His legs are that the, white. The, the bloke also looks like he hasn't been to a gym in about four oh, years. He, hasn't look like, he doesn't look like he's had a good meal in a while, oh, does he? He looks They sweet. need to feed him something. <laughs> but, yeah, so I, I, I'm not afraid to do the Dewey to Schuster this week. And if I'm wrong... His break-even is so high, he's not gonna, I'm not going to get his points, but I'm not going to get burnt with how much it costs me to get him back. So I think I can sell a second row. I move Schuster up a second row and bring Dewey back if he starts killing it. So that's my thoughts on it. And I actually think it's probably something just with the flexibility it gives me this week, and we'll talk about that in trades. I just think it's not a silly idea. As when you first float it, you think, oh, God, that's crazy. But when you actually think about it a bit more, I don't think it's as crazy as... I think. I think we're also all living off that end of season Dewey had last year yeah. and it's a completely different Tigers team this year that somehow look worse with better players so who knows? <laughs> but it's also a different game at the start of the year too like when you're playing teams that have nothing to play for it's pretty easy to run past a couple of blokes so <laughs> yeah all right awesome awesome segment trainer Talking points with yeah. trainer is here to stay. I really enjoy yeah, that. I, mate, I highly get it, but no. You need to start thinking hard about these talking points now, mate. Yeah, maybe limit yeah. it to two or three, not like Dominic four or five, mate. The expectations low, fellas. <laughs> All right, we've heard the sound. It's Gardzi's chin list, but I think we might rename it this week to Gardzi's calm list. He's been telling us how calm he is, especially compared to last week. Gardzi, take it away. Yes. I am actually very calm. Anyway, we'll start off with, there's a bit of a theme today, at least with a couple of the guys on the list. The first one is Andrew Webster. He's made the list again, basically because he's gone back to having no idea what to do if he's Warriors bench. And uh, he decides to take Nia Kore off at halftime when I thought he was one of the Warriors best the week before. So Andrew Webster, pull your head in, leave him on the field because you're ruining my super coach scores. Uh, the next one, it's trainer's man. It's Thomas Flegler. He's on the list for being shit, basically. 
Look, where, where to start with him? He can't hold the ball. He drops it constantly. He throws stupid offloads, gives away his penalties. Whenever we see him to be on the front foot, down in the opposition, and he finds a way to either drop the ball, not know how to play the ball, or just throw an offload to the opposition. So the quicker he, does get in, he, goes, he gets in the way a bit too, doesn't he? Like he's just he does. in the way. He doesn't look like he has much idea what he's doing. I can't wait for him to go to the Dolphins. It's going to make me very happy, especially knowing how much they're paying for him. So cheers, Wayne, for that one. And the final one is, uh, what, what's his name? Kyle Flanagan. He's on the list. Mainly just because uh, on the weekend there was, who did they play? The Tigers? Tigers. Yeah. There was two tackles in a row where the bloke ran in and told his teammates to stay down like he was a doctor and like they were, they were going to die. So pull your head in, Kyle. I don't know who you think you are. Show me your degree or piss off. Yeah. Thanks, Garzi. Very calm this week. Actually, only three people on the list. Not many seltzers drunk, I'd say, over the weekend to uh, fire you up. So Zero. Hopefully, Zero. hopefully you can uh, do a bit better next week and there's a few more on the list. Um, but anyway. It doesn't happen very often, so I'm sure next week I'll be filthy. Yeah, well, no doubt, no doubt. Uh, especially when the Finns beat the Broncos, maybe. That could that could really stir you up. <laughs> Uncle Wayne had it again. Um, very, very short list. So we'll move straight on with DMs with Davo. Um, Alex, who asked a great question last week, has come back and asked another couple of questions, and they're pretty good ones as well, um, particularly after... Turbo scored 103 last week, and it was the quandary of whether to loop or whether not to loop. You touched on it earlier, Gardzi. It wouldn't have worked for you, but I know it did work for some people. So Alex's question is, what score do your, does your VC need to get to loop? As Turbo was on everyone's lips, and I knew I should have, and I didn't. Trainer, were you a Turbo looper? Uh, yes, I was a Turbo looper. Uh, oh, look, I'm happy that I did, to be honest. I think... Um, I was, I'd only hooked Tanner Boyd, who ended up getting 47 or something. Um, and my auto emergency was uh, Moali, who got 25. So not the worst. Um, I was going to Captain Grant, and inevitably he ended up getting 105 or whatever. But my captains I've picked the last couple of weeks just wanted to bank the points. Um, and yeah, so Pele not being named, I think, was a godsend. And AKP getting a couple of tries definitely helped as well. Yeah, Garzi, what are your thoughts around this? Because you had the VC on but didn't loop. Yeah, I was pretty locked in that I was going to loop after the game, but then I got a bit nervous thinking about it. I didn't like a I didn't like the hundred and three scored. I thought it was a tad bit low. I was a bit what, nervous. What, what do you think you need then if if a hundred and three is too low? I was probably thinking. The more I thought about, it, I thought one hundred and twenty would be a good number. I think that's the number I'll be looking at to loop. It's circumstantial, though. It depends on who you're getting rid of. Like, Tanner Boyd was playing the Storm. He was going to score seven points regardless. So it was basically a free loop for me. Yeah. Mark, do you have any thoughts on that one? Because um, any thoughts to loop Hopgood? <laughs> uh, it's serious consideration, but uh, I got talked out of it. Um, no, trying to hit the nail on the head there, I think. Everyone knows I've got it. Well, everyone doesn't know, but I have a legal background and our favourite answer is it depends. So the answer to this question is it depends. Who um, your low-scoring players are playing, the matchups. Trainer didn't like the, the Tanner Boyd matchup against the Storm, so you need your loop to potentially score a bit higher in those circumstances. So it's a week-to-week proposition. I don't think you can say, if my VC gets 100, I'm going to loop every week. Yeah, and, and trainer could have been on the Teddy party with me and and wanted to have that as his captain, and then it would have been sensational. But uh, so didn't quite work out because it was Harry Grant. But I think it was the same. There was a a, a game a few years ago, it might have yeah twenty twenty one, where Cody Walker scored a ridiculous amount of points, and everyone had him as their VC, and then Turbo or someone came out and scored like thirty points more. Um, so it it doesn't always work out, but I think points in the bank at this time of year aren't a bad a bad way to look at it. So if I had have been smart enough to VC Turbo, I probably would have looped as well. His next question is, with the 5'8 being very skinny, who is there other than Dillbags until Mad Dog gets back? Well, Mad Dog's back this week. Dillbags with some pretty good scores, I think 100 and something and then 80-odd. 
Um, tough draw coming up for Dill Brown. Uh, Mad Dog coming back very early after a compound fracture. So is there anyone outside of those two that we think we can we can run? Mark, do you want to answer this one first? Uh, it is pretty skinny there. I mean, look, most people either have Katoa there as their second 5'8 or halfback, who I think is under a bit of an injury cloud this week. I read that um, everyone's favourite MILF was training with the, uh, with the main team today. But um, no, it is a pretty skinny old position. Um, I mean, I've got Dewey at the moment and I'm probably prepared to see how he goes named at fullback this week, um, just simply because I don't think there's a lot of other options. Anyone else got any thoughts around the 5-8 position? Uh, yeah, that's pretty well, pretty well right. Like, yeah, you've got, you've got Munster and Dillbags and Dewey potentially at fullback kicking goals, but the Tigers are going so poorly and their draw so tough. It makes it hard. I think Josh Schuster could be a genuine option um, to run as a keeper for a while. I think that's, I've made about 47 iterations of trades so far this week, but I'm sort of sitting on that potentially at the moment as my two five eights are going to be Schuster and Katoa. Um, so yeah, he'll be, he'll be the main man running him week in, week out. Uh, but yeah, it is quite a skinny position. As you, I've got, yeah, I've got Brimson and Dewey. I'm probably going to have to trade one of them very soon. But I'm, I haven't been that disappointed in Brimson, but I feel like he's obviously heavily relying on his attacking stats. But I think he's a guy I'm I'm prepared to wait on a bit more because the Titans have had a tough run to start and they're going to open up soon after their buy round. So he might be a guy I hold. And if Dewey doesn't perform this week, I might keep AJ as my port and move on Dewey. But yeah. As they said, I think Dewey is the number three option, but he needs to start performing and the Tigers need to get better. Yeah, I think Dewey's been carrying a bit of an injury, so that could be a reason why he's been ordinary after a really good first week that got everyone very excited, I think. So, yeah, I don't have a huge opinion about any of the 5.8s. I think it's a position I thought I'd have to double gun, but now I think I can double cheap for a little while because I don't think anyone's really going to kill you in that position. All right, the next question from Shooter. Um, do we a trade or have a look at his performance at fullback? Two boosts used in two weeks. What are your guys' thoughts on that strategy to get the team the way you want? Anyone else boosting this week? Yes. Yeah, Gardzi, yep. you love a trade. You're going to max trade till they're gone. Mate, I did in the first week. I'm making up for it. <laughs> didn't you boost the first week? No, I boosted oh, last oh, week, but oh, I didn't oh, trade after week. round one. That's yeah, me good too. for me, me, isn't it? Me too, yeah. yeah, yeah. Go oh, on. I thought I was that's, good. That's why Guardsy hated Supercoach there for two weeks. He didn't get a trade in. I was itching. And now, <laughs> well, yeah, I'm, I am thinking I'm probably going to boost this week too. So I think there'll be a fair few people that will use their second boost. I think it's it's a good time to use two of them and then save three. But you can make some cash now, and I think it's important. If you don't make the cash now, you're not going to be able to bring in some of these guns later that you're not going to be able to afford them because you're not going to have guys that are making your money. I'm probably not even afraid to boost again next week if there's more value and more money to be had. If some people are about to top out um, after a couple of weeks and then move again, like, I don't know. I just think get your team right early in the year. I didn't do it last year and I tried to save trades and I just felt forever trying to catch up and coming back, even though I'm in a pretty poor spot ranking wise, my team I feel is okay, but I'm not afraid to, you know, parts part ways with someone who might still have twenty grand to make if there's someone else that can make a couple hundred grand in in two or three weeks. So it's you don't necessarily have to wait till every cent is milked out of these cows to move to another one that might make some money as well. Nine trades in four weeks, it's a little bit above average, but I think then you can start to pair back a little bit and maybe save trades um, leading up into that round eight, nine, ten sort of space, and then. Go a bit hard. You only have to have 13 on those big bye weeks. So it's not like you want to really make massive trades around that time like we used to have to if you're smart about how you set your team up. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm happy to boost. The other part of the question was around is, is Dewey a trade this week or have a look at him um, at fullback? 
I worry for him at fullback. I don't. It's a strange move for a guy with a foot injury to move him back to a spot that he's got to run more kilometres. I don't know. I, 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 yeah, I think it's. I'm going to move Dewey on this week, but I, I'd be interested to know if anyone's keeping him. I'm keeping him. I'm going to give him a week. I think he's a, he's a goal kicker. At fullback, he might get more involved. He might still, as long as he doesn't score absolutely terrible again, he's not going to lose too much money. And it only takes a try or set one up. And he kicks goals, as we know. We like them. They score tries. They kick goals. They're good for us. So I think one more week, I'm happy to wait. And if not, I've got Shushta waiting there who's you can make still make heaps of money. Yeah, well, Shushta, he doesn't uh, have a price rise until after next exactly. week anyway. So that, that was my thinking Two guards. He was to hang on for Dewey for a week. And if he's no good, then move him on for, for Schuster next week, free up some cash next week. Perhaps then, you know, look at a position like maybe bolstering my front row or somewhere somewhere like that next week if I can get my other positions right this week. I'm trying to be a bit more forward thinking. Uh, the draw for Dewey is god-awful. I was looking at it the other day and then Davo reminded me again when we jumped on here before. Um He's got four or five really tough games in a row. Even if he does go half decent at fullback, you still need the Tigers to be scoring tries or him to be kicking goals. So, like, the way they played the other day, they were so, so awful. Um, they were good also, for about 15 minutes when Ken uh, came on. When Wakeham came on, mate. Yeah, when Wakeham came on. and oh, Mate, I've seen Brendan Wakeham play football. He's not a game changer. Give me a spell. <laughs> Well, I don't know if he came on and that made Canterbury think, oh, we're, we're sweet here. But, uh, yeah, well, that's Luke, the only way it would have happened. They lulled them into a false sense of security. Luke Brooks scored more points in 10 minutes as Supercoach than he has for the rest of the year. He looked like Joey Johns. But they're, they're putrid. The Tigers are putrid. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I'm probably going to flick Dewey this week, go a week early on Schuster. Free up some cash and get ready to make um, a couple of big trades next week that I I wanted to make some. Oh, I wanted Nico this week, but I'm probably going to have to wait till next week. And in, in doing that, it's going to be moving Dewey to Schuster this week to um to make it happen because it's almost inevitable that he's going to lose money. Is he a top two five eight? Probably not. So let's get him on his way. Schuster's going to fill the void for a little while. Yeah, I think. I think we're split on that one. So, sorry, Shooter, you're going to have to make up your own yeah, mind about whether you, you want to whether you want to watch Dewey at fullback. And uh, well, we're all going to watch Dewey at fullback. Some of us are going to be death riding, and some are going to be cheering him on. So, um, I have a question from Dom, but it starts from Dom. Not really a question, but anyway, how does this sound? Tedesco to Walsh, Cleary to Hines, Welsh to Harsh. So that's Christian Welsh to Haas. That saves me the cash loss on Tedesco and gives a cash gain. Cleary to Hines also saves cash, but is a gamble. Worst case scenario, if Hines doesn't deliver, I have two weeks to look at him and can trade him to someone with a more consistent average. And Welsh is going a bit poo, and Haas seems to be back to his old scoring. That leaves another 150k in the bank in a few weeks. I may have the cash to upgrade Boyd to Cleary. If Cleary has another few poor scores and some of my cash cows have peaked, thoughts does require a second boost. The Haas trade isn't necessary and could wait another week. Guardsy, what are your thoughts on that? <laughs> I stopped listening. <laughs> I stopped listening because it was an essay, honestly. It was a load of dribble. I've never, mate, make some decisions. <laughs> he, Jesus just wants, he just wants a little bit of positive affirmation around the way he's thinking about things. So if I look at the way he's thinking about things, I can see his thought process. I'm not sure Cleary to Hines is the way that I'd want to go. I think your team's going to look better with both of them. And I'm going to quote trainer, you only lose money if you sell. And I don't know that Cleary is a sell for a little while. So let's give Cleary a chance to come back, get a couple of hundreds, get his price back to where it needs to be. I'm not worried about his high break even this week. I just think he's one of the better options in halfback. If you've kept him over his buy, he's playing this week. Is Hines going to come back and be a better player than Cleary? Parramatta are leaking plenty of points, so I probably want to have 
the goal kicker and the main playmaker in the team playing against Parramatta, who I think have let in 30 points almost every week. Almost the most points. Yeah, I think they've let in the most points in the comp so far. If they're not number one, they're number two. Yeah, so I don't know. I, I can see why you're doing it and what your thinking is, but I don't think I'd sacrifice Cleary for Hines. That's my only argument on that um, on that one. All right, we might um, – that wraps up the questions this week and the essays, Guardsy. So, um, yeah, thanks for the questions. Keep them coming. All right, so it's the key point in the season where we really need to think about our trades and get maximum value from our trades. I'm not afraid to use a trade boost. I'll see if the other boys are. Shooter asked the question and we answered, but trainer, what are your trades this week and are you boosting? Oh, I must certainly boosting. Let them, let them fly early, boys. <laughs> uh, so after many, many iterations of trades this week, again, they could change, but this is what I'm setting on at the moment. I'm missing out on Nico as much as I want the wet-haired god. I can't get him this week. Uh, so I'm going Dewey to Schuster, Teddy to Walsh, and I've seen enough. I need to get Kiraz in, so I've got to get Isaac Thompson to Kiraz. So I'm sacrificing potentially Nico's points, but I can't I can't watch Kiraz get any more go up in any more price. He just takes so many runs. He's a set and forget. Does he have a minus break even still as well? Again, he does, doesn't yep. he? Yep. Yeah. So he's going to be 700k. Yeah. So he went up 77 already. Yeah. Right. I've missed it. I'll put my hand up. Get him in. Got to get him in. Couple of tries but to be fair, week. I kept I kept Nick Meany. I kept Nick Meany to not get Kiraz, and that was I was happy with that as well. So, but at least now you've still got that. When you do want to trade Meany, you've got that cash now anyway because Meany scored well. So, yeah, that's exactly right. And I'm gonna have 600k in the bank for next week's trades. Oh, that's huge. So Guardsy, that's you... that's Tanner Boyd to Nico. You've yes. you've definitely been speaking of Dan's interest rates. Got a good mortgage broker, doesn't he? Good mortgage broker. Yeah, Maybe we could auntie. try and get a mortgage get broker as a sponsor. We talk Yeah, about I could it. use one as well. Yeah, I'll, 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 speak to, a bit. I'll speak to my auntie. She works for Mortgage Choice. We'll be, we'll be on. Nice. We'll even do a little live read for her. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Gardsy, you were talking off air about um, the excitement you got from your latest Arousal. Trade. Arousal. Yes. Sorry, I couldn't think of the word. Arousal yes. from your latest trade uh, decisions. Oh, I'm excited. Please, I'm excited. Share, please share them with us. So for the... Uh, while we were talking, I made uh, some trades for the probably eighth time today. So, do some you know, work. I think I've done a lot of work today, more work on Supercoach today than I did at my actual job, but you know, it's okay. Anyway, so much. I am boosting this week as well. So, that's exciting. I, lo- I do love a boost, but uh, I'm going Teddy to Reese Walsh, the uh, most beautiful man in rugby league. I am also going. Unfortunately, I love watching him play football, but he's not doing it for me super coach wise. He's been decent, but he hasn't exploded like I wanted. So AJ Brimson's gone. And I'm going to bring in Josh Schuster. And then my final trade, boys. I've decided that I am going to sell Adam Dewey. And I'm going to move Katoa down to six. And I'm going to bring in the wet hair god, Nico Hines. I can see why you're aroused. I'm very aroused. <laughs> that is an. Ex- I've got. I've, I've. I've got in two very attractive men, and one that should spend more time on a treadmill. But that's all right. Two makes up for the one. It's all about bringing the sexy back, isn't it? I've already got Cam Murray on my side. I'm going for the most attractive supercoach side. The bloat, bloat FC. <laughs> Bingo. All right, Mark. What are your trades this week? Uh, we established last week that I'm quite easily manipulated and swayed. I, I had two trades. One is the Teddy to Reese Walsh trade. I think that's a no-brainer this week. Um, my other trade was Sam Walker to Nico Hines. Um, and now the only thing I'm now worried about is whether Josh Schuster can carry the weight of the four of us on his back and not pop a calf <laughs> this week. That's the only question. Can Should he we carry apologize? the weight? <laughs> <laughs> Did, was it Shooter that asked the question about keeping Dewey or not? Yeah, it was. So we should apologise to Shooter now for what we the dribble me and Mark said about half an hour ago because we've basically <laughs> lied to you and gone against it. 
I hope he hasn't turned the pot off halfway through and he said, they're all keeping Dewey, I'm on. Holy, I hope he made it to the end. So, shooter, maybe I'll, I'll see if Dan can and can find you at school or something to uh, actually pass on the good news that my buddy Guardsy and Mark are liars. <laughs> all right, my trades this week. Uh, Teddy out, Walsh in. Absolutely bringing sexy in. I'm, I'm keen for the ride. I want to watch it. It's exciting. And... Uh, <laughs> I probably can't get angry at him just with how beautiful his eyes are. So it won't matter. Um, oh, blue eyes. Are they blue? They're blue. I think they're blue. Um, Sam Walker out, Nico Hines in, and Dewey out and Schuster in. So I, I feel really good about how that makes my team look. A little bit concerned about Schuster, but probably in the risk-taking mould. I don't know if it's a huge risk. Hopefully he can just jag a couple of attacking stats. As, as you said, if something goes wrong and he's out for a while, you can move him up to second row and sell one of your second rows. So it's I think it's not that massive risk. You can still be right. Yeah, by then, if Hopgood's still only getting used for 50 minutes or whatever Brad Arthur used him for and, he's, and he peaks out and he only he's going to score 50 points, he could peak out and make you heaps of money and you can shuffle it around. Otherwise, people have got the likes of Garner, Wilton, Katoa even. Neocore. Neocore. Like people that are good money that is going to give you a chance with selling. Um, who were, Like sell him and with the money in the bank, you're probably going to be able to get a decent 5.8 in if someone emerges as a decent 5.8. All right. Good trades. So we're all, we're all on the Walsh train. So yeah, are most we all? of us are on the Hines. Hines and Dewey. And um, Schuster. Schuster. Trainer, you're letting us down, mate. Trainer, yeah, well, you... look, I was a week behind gonna, the Trainer, It's going to be a rough Sunday night watching Nico run amok. <laughs> Gee, I hope it's wet. Oh, The wet of the better. Tell you what, if I could, I'd get Ronaldo in after this, knowing that Nico's back. I tell you, Ronaldo's going to score three. I can feel it. I haven't even looked at Ronaldo yet because Hines he's hasn't been in, but he's certainly in my, in my sights for the next couple of weeks. He's already started scoring tries, boys. Yeah, Ronaldo. It's, it's this time of year that he actually starts to go good too. You always get on and that's, yeah. I'm, I am a bit disappointed. I did want him to lose a bit of cash first and not score for the first three or four weeks. But Has he lost any know? cash? I think he will lose a little bit, but not much. All right. So that brings us to what we've discussed and what I've worked out is one of the most crucial times. Who are we VCing and seeing this week uh, in a week that I really need to do well so I can start to move up the rankings? And I know that a few of us actually need to do pretty well this week. Too many, more weeks we of too many more weeks of mediocrity and we might be a bit too far behind to really fire in. So we need that big score this week. Yep. Trainer, who are you resting your hopes on? Well, I think unlike last week where there was literally no captaincy options this week, there's a plethora. Um, so inevitably, I'll get it wrong. But currently, I've got the VC on Cleary and the C on Grant. Gazi? I'm uh, just going to go straight on the on the boys that I'm bringing in. I'm going to VC Reese Walsh, and I'm going to captain Nico Hines. Wow, that is bold. Nico, straight up. Mark? Uh, I'm in the same boat as Trainer. I'm putting the VC on Cleary. Wouldn't surprise if he comes out and brains it against Parramatta. And the C early in the week, second game of the week, Harry Grant against the Tigers. I think plenty of upside there. And uh, I'll make that a trifecta because I'm going exactly the same. Cleary into Harry Grant. Sorry, boys, I haven't got a captain right this week. I'd get off those and change pretty quickly because, uh, yes, Guardsy, you're safe. I actually might change now and actually get on to Hines. And, and I know a lot of – I'm going to check out how bought Hines is if he's not very high ownership. Remember a couple of years ago – Turbo was, I think it might have been when he came back from injury in 2021. Was that the Corso year? Was that when he ran down the course? Or was that? I think so. I think what, so, yeah. Whatever year he came back and people didn't get on the 7,000 people have brought in Holland so far. Yeah, well, that's not that many. That's not that. No. My thing, my so hope is if you bring him in and other people don't and you also throw to C on him and he scores well, you get that double. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. It could be I, huge. I, I just remember Turbo did that a few years ago and he scored like 180 or something ridiculous. 
and the people like what? it was just such a massive week for the people that captained him. I think it's the year that I did well, so it must have been 2021 because I did that just out of I don't know, got lucky, I suppose, but it was certainly something that just skyrocketed my season. So you could be Nico right. He comes out and scores 180. I tell you what, I might run down the course, though. Nude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, boys. Well, I think we've had a pretty good chat this week. We've got a new segment that we uh, we like to hope the listeners like it as well. Um, when trainer will have to start to get those talking points to us again on Monday so I can put them up onto, YouTube, onto our Instagram and share them out with Can you people. speak to my boss about getting my timetable changed, please? Yeah, no worries. Well, you could even do the talking points on Sunday afternoon, Matt, because once the footy finishes, Ridiculous. you know, send them through. Like, there only has to be a couple and we can try and get some points across and, and let the listeners know what we're going to put on the show. No, Dan, it's been a bit different. I've had to try and guide the questions and conversation and I'm pretty sure people are probably sick of my voice. So, ta-ta and farewell. Farewell. <laughs>